Good morning, everybody. <laughs> we had, we, I apologize for walking out, but we had technical difficulties in the men's room. Not in the men's room, but in the men's Bible study room. And so they brought me in. They bring in a heavy hitter, you know. And it was fixed by the time I got there. <laughs> but one of the coolest things happened to me. So I'm walking from that end of the building down here. And like, there's all the guys are back there talking and making all this noise. And then I walk past the chapel and there's all these kids in the chapel who are talking and making noise and they're having fun. And then I'm coming down here and I can hear all of y'all talking. And it, that was awesome. And then and I could hear the bells ringing down in the sanctuary. There's so much activity and I love it. It's awesome. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Bible study at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Longman. Um, for those of you who don't know, we are recording. We do post this on a podcast online. Welcome back, Kathy. Good to see you. Um, we're in week two of the Red Letter Challenge. We kind of kicked that off last week and then sent you off to do some readings and to meet with small groups and all that kind of stuff. So um, before we jump into that, you can think about stories that you want to tell, but I want to open up the floor and ask if anybody has any questions about anything. Doesn't have to be red letter challenge related either. You've answered all the questions. Good. See, I just got to leave you all alone for a minute, and all the problems get solved. I like it. Um, so y'all are aware of it. I'll be on vacation from the fourth until the seventeenth. Um, so if you need pastoral care during that time, Pastor Bernthal is your guy. Um, if you can't get him, Pastor Haas up at uh, Bella Vista Lutheran Church is on standby too. Um, so either one of them is available and will help. A um, couple of big things going on. Um, hold up that piece of paper that you had, Ken. Do you still have that out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, not the book, the, the paper about the pastors. There it is. So um, in the narthex, you will find these packets that have candidate profiles for the two candidates that the call committee is putting in front of us as we seek to call an associate pastor of youth and families. Yeah, D and E. We're up to candidate D and candidate E. Um, so grab a copy of that because our voters assembly is on October 16th. Um, we'll have a Unity Sunday that weekend. We'll all come together for voters assembly. We'll get all the updates and everything, but then the big stuff happens and we will vote to extend a call to one of these two gentlemen. Um, both terrific pastors. We had a really good group. We had, what, 13 that we looked at. Um, we extended invitations for interviews to four. Three of them agreed to that, and two of them emerged as um, clear, good fit, excellent candidates for our position. So read about them, pray about them, spend time just kind of looking for God's leading because it's really his call. We're just trying to hear it and make sure that we extend the right one. So that's going on. Um, if you don't know about it, there's a Bless the Years Oktoberfest dinner on October 29th, which is for our members who are 60 and older and their significant others. Um, but it's, it's a service project for our confirmation kids, and it's an opportunity for them to kind of do something within the, within the congregation. So as an encouragement to the kids, I encourage you to participate if you're in that group. There is a sign-up sheet in the Narthex. Um, so sign up just so we know we have enough food um, for everybody who's coming. So that's October 29th. They'd like you to sign up by the 16th. Okay. 
Anything else? Any other? Um, I don't think so. But I, but I, but I bet you can find a bra. <laughs> Looked at the menu, and the only thing German is broccoli. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> no suds. Huh? Yeah, no beer. No beer. No sauerkraut. No, uh, no red cabbage. No none, none of those things. Who can fix all that? <laughs> if you want to volunteer something, send out the call. If you, <laughs> If you want to volunteer something, Pat Collins will take your uh, will take your order. Um, <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, any other questions about anything going on at all? Then let's start with a word of prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for the scriptures that you have preserved. We thank you for your Son Jesus Christ and the salvation that we have through him. We thank you for the faith that you have given to each of us to trust in him and to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you for the rest that we have in Christ, that we can come to him, be refreshed for the work that you place in front of us, be um, built up and strengthened for it so that we can be sent out to do your work. Um, so this week, as we consider the theme of being, uh, we pray that you would give us that um that heart to just want to spend time at Jesus' feet to hear what he has to say, to be strengthened by it, and to be in prayer with you. Um, so help guide us and lead us as we work through the challenges that you place in front of us this week. Um, we thank you for surrounding us with a great cloud of witnesses and for um, helping to move us always toward the end that you have in mind. Uh, be with us today as we speak and as we talk and um, guide our discussion that all of it might be pleasing to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, real quick, how many of you attended a small group meeting at some point this week? Quite a few. Um, for those of you who are hosting, how did it go? Who's hosting? I know you are. Yeah, we just had a good group. Ken brought uh, uh, friends of theirs. Oh, cool. Uh, that are Lutheran. And, uh, but that was fun. Yeah, good. Yeah, this is good. for everybody. Uh, absolutely, and, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was good? It was good. So they're meeting down at Tawny Town Winery, which is pretty cool. So they're, they're working on the going part, too. Oh, I did have lasagna soup now. Ooh. This is wonderful. That sounds good. No, I think what, what by not having too many people, I think everyone gets a chance sure. to, to talk, right. which is nice. Right. I think everyone went around the table, and I think totally we have, what, 12, 10 it's good. Well, something like that. Well, yeah. with you guys, we can go as much as we need because we know the owners. Oh, nice. And they're like, okay, <laughs> just come on. Awesome. Good. Okay. Well, our, yeah, our group met. I think we had we had about ten. Yeah. There were more signed up, but there were some there were some people traveling and there was some other stuff. But it was it was good. And and what I promised you was that the small groups you would have different conversation than we have in here, and that certainly was the case for us, and I'm guessing it was for you too. So um, I will continue to encourage you to be part of a small group. Yeah, you hosted one too, didn't you, Maxine? How did that go? We ended up with nine. Did you? Good. Okay. Okay. And it went very well. 
Maxine was brilliant. She said, you can do it at my house, but she recruited someone else to lead it. <laughs> so Reverend Spencer is leading your discussions, right? But it's at your house. Yeah, so nine people. Good. Good. I love it. Oh, we had about eight. Okay. Yeah. Is anyone hosting, and the only reason I'm asking, uh, I'm having shoulder surgery right and I'm right. Mm. I'm not going to be driving for mm -hmm. a while Wednesday. I would mm -hmm. love to go, but I'll be staying at my sister's that's over by the Bentonville Old Airport mm -hmm. with the hangar. Anyone hosting over in that area? I don't want my sister to have to drive me No? I don't think right. so. I'll stay on my own. Uh, and all of them are up on the board in the narthex, so you can double check that. Yeah. Because there are some. have addresses on all of them. I noticed some people might need to know addresses. Yeah. Okay. So there are there are directories in the narthex as well? <laughs> yeah, some of them just say bank or people who don't know. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay. Any other comments on that, how it went? Okay, good. So. What about your readings last week? I mean, last week was not so much challenges as it was kind of orientation, right? Um, we're, if you're following the schedule, whether you've done your reading for today or not, you've read four or maybe five. Um, and I structured it that way. The goal was so that on Sunday, as we talk about the, the coming week, we, that kind of gets us oriented to what's coming. So that we start then the challenges for that week on Monday. Um, so today in the sermon, we're going to talk about the week of being, and then tomorrow your first reading is the first day of the week of being, and it gets you into the challenges for the week. So that's kind of the pattern that we're setting for this. Um, I, you know, I mentioned I'm on vacation, but the pastors who are filling in for me know about this, and they will continue the pattern. So they will have the materials, they know what we're talking about, and they'll be preaching about that too. So you don't get a break, Okay. So that's where we're going. Okay, so um, talk about, as we read these things about um, being and forgiving and um, serving and giving and going, um, any insights or surprises or, or aha moments that you had as you read those five, days one through five? Likes, dislikes, did you, did you like the pattern of them and the way they work? Did you not like it? Where it's helping us is well, as a couple too, we kind of see what we maybe what our weaker points are. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 There, there's 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 a little bit of a functional law in this, right? It does sort of remind us of our shortcomings too. Aaron, did you have something? I thought I saw a hand up. Okay. I what like else? The way it's uh, short. I mean, it's, yes. It's not like a lot of reading. It's not real in depth. It fits to the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's short. I mean, it's it's easy enough to just grab that first in the first thing in the morning and do the readings or whatever. Trying to read too many. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll see what the next one. Oh, cool. That's all right. You can read ahead. That's okay. That's good. I like I like the way um, he incorporates story into it. I think he does a really good job of picking stories that kind of make the point and carry us through it. So I think it's well written and I've enjoyed it. I think it's helpful to have those five under our belts because now we kind of have some idea of where we're going with this and what's going to happen next. Because I know some of you came in last week and you were like, what is going on? And now you've got the lay of the land. And so you kind of know where we're headed with it. Um, I think the order is interesting because it seems like 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, but there's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Bonnie's talking about the order of it. You know that it seems like oh, we're starting kind of easy, but we're going to get more challenging as we go along. There is something to that, but I also think there's a flow to all of this. You know that that we start by just being in the Word, by spending time with Jesus, by listening to what He has to say. And that then kind of prepares us for first the forgiveness stuff that's going to that's going to come out of it, because we understand better the forgiveness that we're receiving. But then it also helps us to understand that forgiveness that we offer to others. And then knowing that we are in this, we have that freedom of having been forgiven. Now we can serve without being concerned about it. And and I think you know, one of the things that happens if you got that forgiveness down, if you understand that, then service is easier because you're not having to worry about, am I doing it right? Am I, am I reaching the right people or anything like that? You know that you get to go out and do and Christ will cover the shortcomings and he's going to pump up the good things. Um, and he's going to carry you through all of that stuff. So there's a flow to it. You know, you start with being, and then you understand forgiveness. And then you go out and you serve, and, and you're generous. That's the, the giving part of that. And then as the more we do that, the more that spreads out as we share it in our going, as we share it in the people that we encounter day to day and, and that we have relationships with. So, yeah, but you're right. I can read. <laughs> that's a pretty good starting point. All right, what else? What anything that God revealed to you kind of during the readings this week? Yeah, Ken. Yeah, I got uh, that uh, one, of, one of the paragraphs says that you should be prepared to tell your Ooh. own conversion story. Yeah. Yeah. And so that uh, uh, that had been a real bug. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a know, challenge for you, or how well, do you mean a bug? Uh, no, uh, meaning that um, uh, you'll soon find out whether or not somebody is really listening. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or what? You, you'll know if they're picking up what you're laying yeah. down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. It, it is kind of touchy. You know, it, is, it can be a little bit. Yeah. You're yeah. telling about how you became converted or um, whatever. I'm not going to give away anything that happened in our group because you know what stays in the group, goes, you know, all that. But I will say that as we talked about the going, uh, and as I have had those conversations with people in the past too, that's always probably one of the most challenging things. This idea of sharing and of, of taking it out into the world and witnessing and, you know, all that kind of business. And what has helped me with that notion is the idea that probably the most effective tool that you have as you're in the world sharing your faith is, is your own stories. You know, you know how God has worked in your life and you understand this amazing gift that you've received. And you have stories that you can tell about that. And, and knowing, you know, we all like to talk about ourselves. That's not all that hard. And those are stories that kind of just come out of you anyway. So, so understanding that your best tool for witnessing is just telling stories makes it a lot easier because I think a lot of folks think, ooh, if I'm going to witness, I've got to memorize lots of Bible verses and I know how to, I need to know how to marshal the exact right one at the exact right time and, and I've got to understand apologetics and I've got... No, you've got to be able to just tell your story. 
Um, and the Holy Spirit will use that as he sees fit. And your life must reflect what you're doing so that when Vietnam, for 20 years, they could not see the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, right. And But the people would come up to them and say, you're different. Yeah. What makes you different? Yeah, exactly. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And then you can tell There's them. an open door. That's and right. So that's what we're looking for, I think, in this whole yeah. thing, and that is to have people say, you're different. Why? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Live your life in a way that, that gets people's attention. Yep. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a prompt on here on the leader guide that says that I'm supposed to share with a group about the most inconvenient time your cell phone died. <laughs> died? Yeah. And I, and I, actually, it's funny because literally this is the first time I read that. I'd missed it last time I read it. But um, immediately I know what it was. And it was, it was a time my mother-in-law, um, my mother-in-law had suffered a fall and had a brain bleed and was in the hospital. And it was one of those, she's got to go now kind of things. And so I was at work, Donna was at work, or she was at home, I had to go pick her up. We were, you know, rushing to the hospital to get there. And any of you who have been to the hospital know that when you get to the hospital, it's just a whole lot of waiting. Yeah. You know, sitting around, waiting. What are they going to do? Do they know yet? Have they decided yet? Um, but in the midst of all of that, um, I glanced down at my phone and realized I was at like 4%, you know? And, and I didn't have a charger because we had rushed to get to the hospital and everything. And I needed to let my, you know, I needed to call somebody to deal with the kids. And I needed to let my parents know what was going on. And, and I, I looked at the phone and I was like, I can't. Choose quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to pick the one person I call, right? And that was it. Well, what it did for us was, was it, you know how you have these family sayings, right? You've got sayings in your family where it's like shorthand, right? You say a thing and everybody's like, oh, I know what he's talking about. Well, that hatched a family saying for us, and it was charge early and often. <laughs> and so nowadays, you know, when I walk into my office, I, I sit down with my phone, plug it in. <laughs> or actually, these days, it charges wirelessly. I've got a pad I just set it on. You know, but you have one in the car? I have one in the car, actually, yeah. yeah. So I've got a charger in the Front car. So whenever I, whenever I can, if I'm close to a charger, I'm charging that phone just so that if something happens, I'm charged up. Now, we'll see what he's going to do with it. But let's watch a video, shall we? Um, oh, I lost it. It's gone. <laughs> I talked for too long. Technology, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it decided I was talking and it just shut. It said, fine, I'm not going to hang around. Not hanging around. <laughs> I see what you did there. No disc. It's thinking, initializing, pondering, deciding if I want to help. Is there a 14 year old in the crowd? <laughs> Or even a five-year-old. <laughs> there it goes. We forget how slow DVD players. No kidding, right? <laughs> All right, I think we're on title two. Bingo. There we go. So in this 40-day challenge, Jesus is going to ask us to do a lot of things, and we're going to be excited to do them. He's going to ask us to receive His forgiveness and to give that forgiveness away to others. 
We're going to be serving our neighbors and our communities. We're going to be generous towards those around us. And we're going to go and be as witnesses in the world. So we got a lot to do. But before we do any of that, we need to understand something first. It's very important that you understand this. Is that what we do flows out of our being with Christ. You see, before Jesus ever asks us to do anything, he invites us into a relationship with him. And that time we spend in relationship with him is really important because that impacts what we do for him. There's a lot of people that are followers of Jesus that get frustrated with themselves. And, and you might say something like, man, I wish I was more loving or I wish I was more kind or more generous. And, and people think they have a doing problem. And so when they say that, it's almost like I'm going to grip my teeth together. I'm going to be more loving and I'm going to forgive more. But Jesus doesn't ask us to grit our teeth together and pull us up on our bootstraps and, and try harder. What he asks us is to be with him. Many of us don't have a doing problem, we have a being problem. So today I'm out on a golf course and I believe golf's going to teach us a lot about what it means to be with Christ. So I'm going to play, i got a par four here, i got a good round going, and I'm going to play it in and you're going to see just how good of a golfer I am, which is a little bit scary for me. <laughs> Oh, baby. That's beautiful. So golf is my favorite sport in the world to play, but it's probably the most frustrating sport ever. And what's frustrating to me is I can usually walk into most other sports and almost off the bat be decent, but man, I've tried to be great at golf for more than 20 years, and I couldn't figure out why I can't get over the hump until my kids started playing golf this summer. You see, there was a golf course that had free clinics all summer long and it was the first summer my kids started playing they're nine and six and so it was really fun getting to see them learn the game and and so at this clinic on sundays there would be free practice so it was stations and so if you know golf you'd hit your drivers and you hit your irons and you spend time in the sand and working on your sand game and you chipping and putting and all the all of it and then on wednesdays and thursdays they'd actually let the kids play the course and my kids didn't actually like Sundays, but they loved going to play the course. And I'm wired the same way. I never wanted to practice. I just wanted to get out on the course and play. And I thought, that'll be my practice out there. But what happens is, yeah, I can have some good shots here and there, but my game is wildly inconsistent because I didn't spend enough time practicing like I should have. So Gary Player, one of golf's all-time greats, once said, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And we know, of course, the more we practice the things, just the better we get. So if I really want to be great at golf, I need to spend time practicing. I need to be on the driving range. I need to be putting on the, on the green. I need to be chipping uh, around the green and, and the sand with the bunker shots. I just have to do those things if I want to be great. And the reality is, I truly believe the more I practice at this game, the, the more enjoyable the game will actually be on the course. And I think the same is true when it comes to us and our relationship with God, and especially in this Red Letter Challenge, that the more we spend time with Christ and be with Him, the more enjoyable the things we do for Him will be. And, and Jesus talks to His disciples, much like golf, how there's many facets of the game. Jesus gives His disciples many different ways in which we can be with Him, in which we can connect with Him. And we call these things spiritual disciplines. So Jesus talks a lot about these disciplines and he tells us different ways that we can connect with him and be with him. And 
So in this first full week of the Red Letter Challenge, days 6 through 12, we're going to see that Jesus asks his followers to abide in his word. And so we're going to spend time in God's word and the Holy Bible and learn more about who he is and the story of what he's done for us. And he tells his disciples to pray earnestly. And so we're going to learn that prayer can be a conversation between us and God and it can actually refresh us. We're going to talk about resting in him and what it means to fast and what it means to take a Sabbath and all of these principles, all of these things are disciplines for us to connect greater with the God that made us. And so I'm going to try to make my 30 foot birdie putt here and let's just see what happens. him well. I want to do the best that I can. And so that's why this Red Letter Challenge exists. And what I want to tell you is you can't be a great disciple of Jesus without knowing who he is and without spending time with him. And I think the spiritual disciplines for us are the same way. We can go out and try to do great things for Christ and we probably will. But if we don't have that foundation and that relationship with Jesus, we'll quickly burn out. And I think the spiritual disciplines are those things that give us the fuel and give us the energy to do what Christ asks. So when, he, when we spend time in his word, we learn more about what Jesus has done and how amazing he is. And, and when I spend time praying with him, I experience this peace from God that passes all human understanding. When I rest in him and when I fast from things in this world, then I'm reminded that God is my provider. When when I do all of these things, I'm fueled up and I have the energy to actually do what Jesus calls us to do. And so I really hope you spend some really great time being with Jesus this week, learning who he is, experiencing what he's done for you. And I truly believe that'll change you. Who wants to go play golf? Yeah. I wonder how many takes you have to do today. That's what I wonder. That's what I wonder. Now if you'd have went fishing. Uh huh. <laughs> Jesus had something to say about that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make you fishers of men. All right. <laughs> Thoughts, comments, observations? Uh, one question. Yeah. Will we see that in our Bible? Yes. Yeah, you'll get to hear it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to just share something with uh, on day five. Uh huh. Early on in our membership, they made us chapter directors. 
So this is the time before Google Maps. <laughs> um, it made a statement one time, because you know, we had some people that just wanted to get where we were going, wanted to get there as fast as we could. And other people just like, there, you know. So I made a statement that said, you know, it's not the destination that we're here for. And it's not a journey, because journeys are hard. So what we're going to do is we're going to have adventures. Nice. And you never know what we're going to do. We have a destination in mind, and we will get there. But I got really good at, I mean, this is before you had a really good internet, so I would get on the dial-up and look mm -hmm. at some things. But along the road, I would read billboards. And if it looked interesting, I was like, okay, we're going off this. Nice. <laughs> oh, One time we were going to a catfish restaurant. It wasn't very far away. It was in another little town. Really weren't sure where it was. So first time we took the wrong interstate exit, and they all followed. We got up to the to the top to the road, and nope, it's not there. So we went down the entrance. Right? I swear we did this about four times just to see if the ducks would follow, <laughs> and they did. And they got there, and they're like, "What were you doing?" And didn't you know where this was? I said, "Well, I did eventually." But we wanted to see. If you wanted to go on the adventure. Oh, there you go. It was an adventure. I love it. I was in a mini club the same way. Took our mini Coopers all over the place. Quite a scene to see 50 minis driving down the road. So, and it was, it was not about where we were going. It was about the road that we took to get there and the, and the fun that we had along the way. When we started, there was about 15, 16 people in mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. By the time our service was over, we had an average of 45 people wow. in every meeting. Cool. <laughs> Neat. That's I'd great. I had to call restaurants and say, could you hand it 25 <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, let me, I'm going to read you out of Daniel chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction, injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem, and he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Even when facing the punishment of death, Daniel kept the practice of being with God. He prayed three times a day. He followed closely after God with his diet and his service and his leadership, all of it while living as an exile in a foreign land without a church building or without any organized religion. Do you think it's possible to love people the way Jesus did if we aren't spending time in his presence? And show your work. <laughs> Explain. Can we love people the way Jesus did 
if we're not spending time with him? Not a hundred percent. Okay. Because you need to be fully immersed in Christ in order to fully um, give that back, give mm-hmm. that out. You, mm-hmm. You've got to have it in you. That's a, there was a great phrase that somebody said to me, and that is, you cannot give to others what you have not first received yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So You don't know all the... If you, if you don't understand all of where Christ was coming from when right. he was loving people. Right. Because it wasn't all nice and, and happy stuff. Right. Christ had anger and judgment and rules and... You know, you've got to have all of that inside you. Otherwise, you're just going to reflect the part of it that you like the best. Ah, yeah. And and you'll craft an idol, yes. ultimately. Mm-hmm. So you won't really be reflecting Jesus. You'll be reflecting whatever you've made up. Your favorite God, me. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. What else? Other thoughts on that? My question is, is wouldn't he use us the way he needs to use us? With or without us being in his presence, or how do you mean? Well, um, I mean, there's some times where I'm faced with someone, yes, um, and somehow the topic comes up, and I just, well, the last one was we have a really good pastor in our church, (laughs) and uh, I feel invigorated again. Uh, in our, in, when, when, during the sermons and during the time that's spent with our new pastor. Okay. Um, that this was, was somebody else telling you this, right? No, about this the, was me you, saying, <laughs> <laughs> this was me saying it to someone else. But the, uh, the, the thing was, was that the topic came up that they didn't feel, um, that they were getting, the, getting anything out uh-huh. of going to church. Right. And, um, I said that sometimes, you know, uh, things happen and things change and you know it, it all yeah. depends on the person and I, I told them my version you know that, right. that, uh, about you as yeah. fact. And, 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 and so it's like you know I think that um, he puts us in situations where he wants us to tell yeah. someone something yeah. and uh, I, I don't know maybe he guides us I I I'm not 100% sure how exactly that works and why he would choose me to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you're, so a lot of that is reflecting what's going to happen as we look at the last week about going because that's a lot of where you know, that stuff happens. Right. And, and I think the point here is that what, what gave you something to work with when you were presented with that situation is the being, right? Is the time that you spent in worship in God's Word, in Bible study, in prayer, all of those things were the things that prepped you then to be able to speak to someone and to share, you know, kind of what God is doing in your life and to be able to relate that to Him. And so the being becomes the thing that enables you to do what you just described, right? Right? Well, I, I think along those lines, like I'm, I don't know if anyone else feels this, but with the age of our oldest kids, um, one of them, which will remain nameless, doesn't think that church is a place, like he doesn't feel like he needs to go to church. Mm-hmm. He does because mom and dad do, and you know he knows that's right, but he's like, but I can be with Jesus and God wherever I am, and I, and 
struggles, and he's not the mm-hmm. first twenty-something I've heard struggle right. with the idea of going to church. With right. And try as I might, I still haven't found you know the exact wrong thing. Right. You know, about fifty percent of the time. And part <laughs> of it's because it's home. Which is okay. That's okay. But it's like, it's so interesting. He's not the only one. Friends come to the house and they talk about it and they have a deep faith and they just, they don't see the purpose of gathering. And I don't, right. I don't understand that, not being with others who believe like I do. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of it that for me, that the, the encouragement that I have for the coming together, I mean, one is my job, but two <laughs> it is <clears throat> this is the place where God has said he's going to be, right? So I have the complete confidence and assurance that God has said, hey, if you're looking for me, the one place I guarantee that you will find me is the place where my word and my sacraments are. Um, and so it, it becomes, you know, even when I doubt or I question or whatever, I know for a fact that this is a place where I can find. And I know that I'm going to encounter him when I come to this place. And so that, you know, that's how does the Holy Spirit work to form people's faith and to move them toward that? But for me, that's kind of what has been my anchor for that. Pat, Pam, sorry. Um, to go back to how this conversation started. Yeah. How, what was Jesus' attitude about worship and about being together? Right. He didn't say, oh, come listen to me. Oh, now you believe me go off and live the rest of your life. Right. He was constantly bringing people together. He yeah. wanted everybody to stay together. Right. He didn't just bring in a couple disciples, teach them, and then go on to new ones. Right. He added to his group. If you look at the New Testament, there are times where there were a huge number of people who followed him because he wanted them to stay together. Yeah. We, we learn... By being together, we help each other by words and we get different perspectives and just things that you're not going to get if you're by yourself. Right. Right. So one of the gifts is that is that when the Holy Spirit calls you to faith, he calls you to faith and into a community. Yes. And it's a community that is centered on Jesus Christ and the and that being with him. And so it becomes a, a discipline that individually we spend time with Christ because it strengthens us and it, it comforts us and it encourages us and all that kind of stuff. And it educates us too. But then we also do the same thing as a community, right? That we come together like this, I mean, around this table, that we come together so that we can share our, you know, our, our experiences with one another to build one another up and to encourage one another and all that kind of stuff. And so there's, I think there are facets of being that are all powerful and important as God prepares us for the work that he wants us to do out there. Um, go ahead, Kathy. And sometimes, Pastor, the Holy Spirit calls us to go to a place where you're not going to find a lot of True. Christians. Yeah. And yeah. you know my story, but when I was called to go to become a principal of this school in a different yeah. town. And even my brother, who's a pastor, that's kind of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> but, and the first time I said no, I the superintendent called me. I was working for the state. I had a wonderful job. I had five weeks of vacation. 
Why would I do, go back into a school? Why? So I said, no. But the Holy Spirit is so powerful. That whole year, I had a pit in my stomach. Really? I had this voice. Why? You should have gone there. The kids need you. You should have gone there. A year later, a year to the day, I get another call from the same superintendent. What about now? And that's how powerful I said, okay, I didn't even talk to my husband. But I'm saying to go to a place like that yeah. and to every day almost be told after they hate you, they want you gone, they want every day for almost seven years mm. until and it took me a while, but until I prayed about it and said, and then your work is done. Mm -hmm. And I retired. Wow. But I mean, then if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, there's no one that would continue right. in a job with people constantly. A new superintendent <laughs> say they want you gone or you're leaving this year. Wow. No, no, wow. I'm not. But no one would. But with the Holy Spirit, right. you can do anything. Right. With right. His help. I mean, you really can. Right. And I wouldn't change it for a thing. People say, why would you have done it all over again? Yes, yeah. because I know the difference it made uh, with kids finally having rules and someone who cared about them. Right. And, you know, I mean, it makes a difference. Well, and, and what a terrific example of how it was the being that sustained you for the doing. Right. Right. Yes. That, that, that yes. spending time in, in prayer and in Christ's presence was the thing that was able to carry you Absolutely. through the work in front of you. Yeah. And I never ever thought in my career, I mean, I never wanted to even be a teacher. Well, that was a God thing. <laughs> said, you need to be a teacher. I'm like, what? I was going to be a writer. But, but, but I never thought of it as being that powerful, yeah. you know, because yeah. I just like, okay, well. And then until that time when I said no, yeah. And, and God was happened? like, really? That's what you think? That, yeah, I'm like, now I, I'm a true believer that he is so powerful. He'll make you do things that you like. You know, because yeah. I was centered on myself and what my life was. And I had a good life. And right. I didn't have to work all the time. I had weekends off and nights. We should probably point out that you and your husband are still married. Yeah. yeah. That's important. <laughs> Oh, wow. He did come to visit. But, I mean, it was, it was like, what did you do? And then when I explained, yeah. when I explained yeah. that this is this is more powerful yeah. than, than I can even, you know. So, if, yeah, we've been married almost 48 years. It's okay. Nice. All right. So here's the things that you're going to bump into in the next week. Um, they're, they're all the things about the week of being focused on these spiritual disciplines. Bible reading. So spending time devotionally in Scripture. Um, prayer. Just spending time speaking to God. Worship. And, and that's a pretty broad term here. Um, it certainly means what we do in the sanctuary on Sunday, but there's other ways that we worship as well. You may have noticed and, and scratched your head that at the end of the worship service, how do I close it? This portion of our worship concludes with him, blah, 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 whatever it is. And the reason for that is that our worship doesn't stop at the end of the service. We actually continue to worship as we go out into the world, as we spend time in Scripture, as we serve others. Our, everything we do is, is, in a sense, worship. And so worship is a piece of that. Solitude and rest. 
Spending time being recharged, letting God work on us to prepare us for what's in front of us. Fasting. Oh, have any of you ever done that? Have you ever done a fast? Yep. Yeah. It didn't last long. <laughs> there you go. But, but a powerful thing. And you know, it, it does kind of focus your, it focuses your attention on the provision that God has for you. Celebrating God with others, um, you know, as we come together, think of fellowship events that we share in. Think of your small group time together as a good example of that, especially all partying at the winery. Um, and then well, Sabbath. I, it's all good. It's all good. And then Sabbath. And that is that kind of deep time where we say, hey, I'm going to set work aside. I'm not going to mess with that. I'm going to be in God's word and I'm going to let him work on me. So all of those disciplines are the things that you're going to bump into in the challenges over the course of the week. Um, we got just a few minutes left, but I'm curious. Anybody want to talk about how, what those disciplines look like in your life now? Like, are these things that you're intentionally doing? Or are these going to be new things for you? Or are they things that you've played with in the past but never really done? I have a priority one every morning. Okay. <clears throat> Which is? Well, it started out as a New Year's resolution, actually. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> that as my day started, as I got out of bed, priority one would be God. Okay. So... I go to the Lutheran Hour, and I am a real stickler for Ken Klaus, mm -hmm. and do the archive daily devotions. Okay. Don't do anything else. That is that's the, the first thing of yeah. the day. Yeah, and and I I love that you're doing that, and that you've incorporated it into your schedule, and just said this is time that I'm that is going to be this because if we don't schedule it, it will not happen. There will be 50 other things that will be more important that we got to deal with. I, I mentioned it in the sermon this morning. Like I'm sure many of you, the first thing I do in the morning is I grab my phone, right? I mean, it's right there, and that's the first thing I do. And, and, and you know, for a long time, the first thing I hit was email, right? Check, see what's going on in the world, what have I got to find out? And, and I've, I've worked hard kind of like the way you have, Gail, to change that so that the first app that I hit is the Pray Now app which is a, an application, I think we've talked about it in here before, but from Concordia Publishing House, it's the electronic version of the Treasury of Daily Prayer, if you've seen that. But it gives you a psalm, it gives you an Old Testament reading, it gives you a New Testament reading, it gives you um, some writings from the church fathers, it gives you a hymn, just a verse from a hymn, and it gives you a prayer. And sometimes a little bit more information if there's a feast day for one of the saints or something, you learn about them. But, you know, that it takes about five minutes. It's not a long time, but it, what it does is it gets me first thing into the Word of God and lets it do a little bit of work on me. And when I remember and do it, which is most of the time, my day goes better. It actually does kind of center me on, on Christ and on what He's done. Yeah, starts so, my day off. Yeah, yeah, cool. Anybody else want to share anything about one of those lines? Mother was uh, a Lutheran, mm -hmm. and so we would take her to the church that she wanted to go to. That was huge. Mm -hmm. um, there were two things about that church that just turned us off. One was that one day the pastor just stood up in his sermon and said, the most important person here, the one we focus on, is the next person that walks in. And I thought, what about your sheep? 
Mm -hmm. We're here. And there was no structure. There was no, we called it the shopping mall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Paul and I just couldn't get into that. You couldn't make relationships. There'd be 500 people at a service, yeah. but there was no structure by the, by the ministry service to set up. And they had a pretty big ministry service, but there was no way to set up any personal relationships. They, they didn't focus on anything like that. It was right. always, let's just build the next person and the next person and the next person. Right. Which is, which is a focus on, and the crass way to put it is butts in the seats, right? Mm -hmm. Or butts in the pews. And it's a focus entirely on growth to the, to the expense of the actual teaching. So I, we're like almost out of time, but it leads me to a quote that was important, I think. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, do you all know who he is? Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a Lutheran pastor during World War II um, in Germany um, who ultimately was actually killed by the Nazis, but he wrote a lot. Um, and, and one of his quotes that has just always stuck with me is along those lines. It's this, it is not we who build. Christ builds the church. No man builds the church, but Christ alone. Whoever's minded to build the church is surely well on the way to destroying it. For he will build a temple to idols without wishing or knowing it. We must confess he builds. We must proclaim, he builds. We must pray to him, he builds. We don't know his plan. We cannot see whether he's building or pulling down. It may be that the times which by human standards are times of collapse are for him great times of construction. And it may be that the times from which a human point of view are great times for the church are actually times when it is pulled down. It is a great comfort which Christ gives to his church. You confess, preach, bear witness to me, and I alone will build where it pleases me. Do not meddle in what is my province. Do what is given you to do well, and you have done enough. But do it well. Pay no heed to views and opinions. Don't ask for judgments. Don't always be calculating what will happen. Don't always be on the lookout for another refuge. Church, stay a church. But church, confess, confess, confess. Christ alone is your Lord. From his grace alone, you can live as you are. Christ builds. And that applies to the church, but I would offer that that also applies to each of us. That our goal is to be close to Christ, and he will build us and use us the way he wants us to. And he's going to point us in the right directions. So I've blown half of the last page, but that's okay. Um, we've got, you've got your readings for the next week. There's a challenge for each day. Um, so, you know, tackle those. I mean, kind of be, um, be willing to try and see what, what happens with it and where God takes it. Um, next week, um, I'll be out. Uh, Reverend Spencer will be here. Um, so he'll walk us through the study for next week. And you'll have an opportunity to kind of share how your week went and how some of those challenges were. And come thinking about which ones were easy, which ones were hard, which ones formed you or shaped you or surprised you or did something to you. So have fun with it this week. Um, enjoy your time in there and enjoy your time in the, in the challenges. Let's close with a prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for the blessings of being able to spend time with you, to be in your word, to be in prayer, to receive your gifts in worship, 
to spend time just resting and being strengthened for the work ahead of us. Uh, we pray that you would um, help us to be more diligent in that and more focused on it so that we might receive your gifts more, more thoroughly. Um, be with us as we undertake the challenges, all of which come from your words. Um, strengthen us for them. Uh, give us joy in our time with you and use it to build us up. We ask it all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.